take your seats. I want to read this scripture into your hearing. It's in Saint Mark chapter 8. Saint Mark chapter 8 verses 34 through 38. And it reads this. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples, also he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This is the words of Jesus. So for whatsoever will save, for whosoever, excuse me, will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Please take your seats. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, saints of God. I do greet you all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. I'm so grateful to be in your presence again. I'm so grateful to be in the house of the Lord. Yes. Blessed today because he is worthy of all praises. I can, um, if I could say it with a thousand tongues, I would. I think I know about one and a quarter languages. And that quarter is split between um, uh, uh, French and Spanish. Like I know a quarter between those two languages. I don't know a whole, but, but if I have the opportunity to praise God in every single one every of them, one. Yes, I'm going to do it. Yes, Amen. Um, I'm just going to give him thanks. So grateful to be with you all. I'm so happy to be in the presence of God. I've been wrestling with a scripture that I want to wrestle with you in front of you um, that the Holy Spirit has been kind of put in my heart um, to kind of talk about. It's actually not this scripture. This is the scripture that I'm going to land on. I thought I'd give you the end at the beginning because I want you to understand where I'm going. I want you to understand where I'm getting to. In fact, the scripture I'm really wrestling with is in Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Um, if you could find that with me, that would be wonderful. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 1. What's interesting about Ecclesiastes or the preacher or the teacher um, is that we have an author of this book and then somebody who's giving a discourse about life in general. I've been talking to you about meaning and purpose recently. And this is a very real, very human-centered contrast to what purpose looks like. This scripture, this, this book starts like no other book. Um, it starts in a way that frankly we have to, as, as people who are following Christ, understand that many of us started in this exact position. And where we landed, which is going to be, I'm going to get back to Mark in a second, where we landed is somewhere else, but where we began is here. How does this scripture begin? Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 1, says the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. And it says in, it says, vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Wow, what a way to start. And you know what he's kind of saying here is meaningless. Meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. I told you this is going to be a tough start. That's why I gave you my end scripture at the beginning. <laughs> right? He's saying this is meaning, like life, if you're stuck in a rut, can just feel like it's me. Why am I doing this? Why am I getting up to work every morning to have the same complaints? I made breakfast for everybody. No one liked it. I, I, I got the house per 
why am I do any vanity of vanity? And it's like the, the, the man is being honest. Being honest, yes, Being honest, and we act like sometimes when we get a little close to Christ, we act like this isn't the beginning, but the origin story of all of us. Like how they do in the in the, the the Marvel universe, they give you the origin story of the hero, and it's never where the hero ends up. Like his origin story looks terrible. Like he's the weakest guy on the playground. He's the one that's getting picked on. He's the one that needs a hero and becomes it. That's why after sometimes we have to remember where we came from. It was vanity of vanities and meaningless. I looked up the words that they use in this particular scripture. And it's called from the Hebrew word habel. And it's used in a lot of different words, this habel, H-A-B-E-L. It's used in a lots of different instances, but the way it's used, it's used about 38 times in Ecclesiastes. 38 times. And the root of the word is smoke, meaning there's no substance to it. Like, think of it like a mirage, when you're in a desert and it looks like there's water over here, you do all this work to get to the thing you think is an oasis. And by the time you get there, you just realize it was the shimmering light. No water there at all, but you've walked all these miles thinking that there's going to be something there. And so this, this preacher, this teacher has started off Ecclesiastes by saying, it's all vanity. It looks like it's something. I'm working really hard to get there. And when I get there, it all goes up in smoke. <laughs> it's like vapor. I don't know if you've ever seen smoke belching out of one of those uh, chimney stacks out of the top of the factories. It looks like it's almost solid. But you know if you were to get right up to it, it's not nothing there. And this particular opening of this chapter, this book, is saying the whole thing is that. Life looks like that. You look at it from over here, you say, ah, it's substantial. But when I look at it from, when I get close up to it, it's so disappointing. It's so thin. It's almost like if you, if you were writing that book today, I imagine it says it's like a hologram. It's like, it's supposed to look real, but really, when you look at it, it's not real at all. Huh. That's why I had to start with Mark. That's why I had to understand where I'm getting to. But this is where we were. This is how we started our story. Many of us couldn't understand why we were putting one foot in front of the other. It was starting to feel meaningless. It was starting to feel without, without any coarse substance or strength. <sighs> Verse 2, vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is va it's all meaningless, it's all vapor, it's all smoke. It looks real, but it's not, no substance. Verse 3 is the important one. It says, what profit hath a man of all his labor, which he taketh under the sun. Two parts that are really important here is the labor part and under the sun. This verse, when you look at this verse, there's two really important parts. We do all this work. We have all this energy that we are applying into getting something. Getting our house. Getting that piece of art on the wall. We want to get the paint looking a very particular way. We want our gardens to look like the best in the neighborhood. And we pour our hearts into it. And then that three, five weeds come up and ruin everything. I'm back to the start of this whole process again. 
And the, 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 the preacher's literally saying here, it feels like vanity. I also really should get to the end of Ecclesiastes, because I know this is this tough start, and I'm wanting you with spiritual maturity to look at this scripture for what it is. But at the end of the Ecclesiastes, just in case you are little, getting a little bit like, where is Mark going this? I thought he was supposed to give us the word here. Uh, right at the very end of Ecclesiastes, in fact, Ecclesiastes 12 and 13, um, can you just read, the, this is like the last verses of Ecclesiastes, it says this. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. You've got it for me, sir? Yes, sir. New Bible. <laughs> New Bible. Yeah, it yes, takes sir. me a second to. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Let us yes. hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Now, if you, let me just pause there. Now, if you go through and read Ecclesiastes, goodness me, some of it, you think, wow, this guy has tried everything and it's not going well for him. Right, you see him literally experiment with, I'm gonna try wine. I'm gonna try laughter. I'm gonna try comedy. I'm gonna try building a house. And he comes to the claim conclusion, it's habble, it's, it has no substance. But what does he say at the very end? Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Let's hear the, if I've gotta conclude it, if I've gotta sum up all the things that I've said are, Meaningless, what does it come to? Fear God. Fear God. And keep his commandments. And can keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For this is the whole duty of He gets to the place in the end, but boy oh boy, when you read Ecclesiastes, he really he tells you what life can do to you. How life can throw you a curveball and you've got no chance of hitting it. How it can really, really throw you off. And for us to ignore it will leave us without the opportunity to speak life into people because we've got a, now got a purpose and we're trying to share it. But if you don't know where they're coming from, you won't be able to share it. Okay? Some people are still coming at life with the habble, with the, it's meaningless. I'm just going through the motions. I'm barely making it and I'm just gonna go ahead and get up tomorrow morning. Right? Some people are still in that place. Let's go back to Ecclesiastes chapter one, uh, verses three. So he says in one verse three, I've got it, thank you, sir. Ecclesiastes one verse three says, what profit hath a man for all his labor? Think of all the things you're doing. It could be your hobby. And from you, you're saying, I'm just trying to fill some time. <laughs> you're collecting, picking up collecting stamps. Uh, you're just doing anything. Filling in the moment, filling in the time. And you're saying to yourself, what is the meaning of the thing? And you get bored and you say, ah, I've been doing that for seven weeks now. It's time to find something else to fill the hole. And you're constantly doing this. I do it all the time. It's not even like I'm saying you. I'm saying we, us, the household, we're all doing it. And we're trying to fill the time. And I'm getting somewhere with this because this is really important. This journey people are on, and it's not just a little part of their life. It's their whole life feeling like this. <laughs> They're feeling like this. I remember reading about that famous chef who um, he had, to my mind, the perfect job. His whole job was to go around the entire globe, talk to the most interesting people on the planet, eat the very best food there was to have out throughout the whole world, 
travel, live in the best hotels, and that was his job. And he still couldn't find the reason to live. Still couldn't find, and he just had a child himself, and he still had got to the point where life had got so bad for him that he thought he didn't want to go on anymore. <laughs> and so it's not just about the quality of the life, because he, he was a millionaire, had everything we all are trying to strive for. That's why we have to be careful about what you think you're going to get from your job. Let me be honest, like what you think you're going to get from your wife or husband, what you think you're going to get from your kids, it gets there, but it doesn't fill the hole that is in some of our hearts. And you know what, the real, I won't even get to ahead of myself here, but the real problem here is that there is a hole in our hearts, the shape of God, that only God can fill. And you are trying to fill the hole in your heart with everything else. You want to try drugs, you want to try drink, you'll try relationships that are unhealthy, you'll try marriages, you will try work, you'll pour your heart into maybe a, a talent or a hobby, but you have got to realize that there is only one thing that can fill the hole in your heart, and that is Jesus himself. As I read the scripture, as I was reading, I said, well, wait a minute, how did this hole get there in the first place? Right? How did this hole, the, the shape, you know how you have those kind of toys kids have where they're trying to get the shapes through the holes and they're confused because they've got the triangular shaped hole trying to push it through the circle and they're going to keep pushing and they're going to keep pushing and it takes a long time for them to realize, oh, the shape is important. That's what it is for us. We have to realize that the shape we are trying to fill is important. Yes. If you're trying to fill the gap that the Lord's supposed to fill, you will never fill it. You can watch all the TV programs you want. You can binge watch all the things on the planet, hoping that you'll feel a little bit better, but the hole that is God's can only be filled by God. Amen. So how did this hole get there in the first place? Well, if you have to go back to the beginning, in the beginning, scripture tells us that the Lord saw Adam, that he was alone and said, it's not good for him to be alone. I'm gonna give him a work, a helper that is meet for him. Somebody who's appropriate for him. So he created woman, right? But that wasn't the end of it. What happened was he broke, Adam sinned and Eve sinned, broke relationship with God. Now, God had said, what is good for you is the woman, right? When he was alone. But what happened after that when he broke relationship with God, the thing that was meat for him wasn't good enough to fill the hole that was left. As soon as he was broke relationship with God, he couldn't turn to the woman and say, well, let me have relationship with you to fix what is broken. That would never work. <laughs> that wasn't the hole that God filled for the man. So there's holes in your heart right now that are rightly going to be filled by your hobbies, the things you love, your wife, huh? your husband. They're going to be right to fill that hole with them. But the, when you break relationship with God, it creates a hole that your wife cannot fill. And to ask her to fill it is to set her up for failure. To ask your husband to fill it is to set yourself up for failure. And so what we have to do 
when we acknowledge and realize that there's a hole in my heart, and not only is there a hole, but you'll notice whenever you are wounded, whenever you are hurt, if you don't take care of that wound quickly, <laughs> it starts to fester. It starts to get infected, right? And so if you don't fix that hole, nothing you fill it with will work. That's why when you quickly recognize that I'm trying to fill my life with the wrong things, you've got to quickly realize that God needs to fill this part. Like my wife isn't the part that's the problem here. It's my relationship with God that's the problem here. And you've got to get closer to God. Glory to God. You can't fill those things with that shape. It's not the right shape. So, I'm getting somewhere, but what do you have to fill? If you've got a God-shaped hole in your heart, how can you fill it? The only thing that is the answer to the God-shaped hole is a God-shaped answer. Hallelujah, glory to God. The only thing that can surely fill that hole is God himself. So what does he do? What does the Lord do for us? What does the Lord do for humanity? He says, let me send somebody that's going to fill that hole. Uh, so you see how we start in Ecclesiastes, it's meaningless, it's because you're trying to fill the wrong thing. Let's just look real quickly, at, I'm, I'm trying to get here, but Ecclesiastes chapter 2, um, verse 1, if you go through Ecclesiastes, you will see this wrestling with man's logic of trying to deal with the whole. And that's why I say it takes spiritual maturity to read Ecclesiastes. Let's go to chapter 2, verse 1. I said of laughter. Yes. Go to verse 1, sir. I said in my heart. So this guy is saying to himself, I'm going to see what I can do to fill up this hole, this hobble, this mist, this insubstantial part of my life. What does he say? I said in my heart, go to now. Yeah. I will prove thee with mirth. What I'm going to try to do is with mirth, with, and that's another word for comedy or laughter, right? I'm going to try to prove, I'm trying to fix the problem with some laughter, with some mirth. Yeah, keep going. Therefore, yeah. enjoy pleasure, yep. and behold, this also is vanity. I try to fill the hole in my heart with some comedy and some pleasure. That's what people do all the time. They realize that they have a hole in them, and they say, I'm going to just go out every night with my friends. I'm going to go kick it every single night. I'm going to go do my thing every night. And they think that's the answer. And what was his conclusion? I said of laughter. Uh, he says, behold, this is also is vanity. vanity. Gosh, it's nothing. It's meaningless. He tried it for himself and it was meaningless. Keep going to verse two, sir. I said of laughter. He said of laughter. It is mad. It is mad. And of mirth. And of mirth. What do with it? It doesn't do anything for me in the end. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying there isn't a place for some laughter. That's absolutely not what he's saying. He's saying don't try to fill the hole that is God's with laughter. Oh, we need husbands and wives. We need to labor, as verse 3 said. We need to be labor and do the things we need to eat. But that's not going to fill the soul. Amen? Let's keep going. Verse 3, I sought in my heart yes. to give myself unto wine. And this one is, we hear about this one a lot. Where you give in to, like, let's let drink fill that hole. Let's let alcohol just, let's let drugs fill that hole. We hear about this one a lot. 
<laughs> where we try to make, take the edge off. Where we try to make it feel a little bit less torturous. Let's get through this with that. You're trying to feel something that's not shaped to the thing you're trying to feel. Let's keep looking. I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yeah. yet acquainting my heart with wisdom. And he said, I tried wisdom. I tried logic too. I tried everything. I tried happiness. I tried, I tried laughter. I tried mirth. Um, let's keep going. Yet acquainting my heart with wisdom and to lay hold on folly. I tried to understand what foolishness and wisdom was till I might see what was that good for the sons of men which they should do under the heaven all the days of my life. We keep going, verse four. I made me great works. I've taken this to mean he made great artwork. He made beautiful things, whatever it is. He made beautiful things. Let's keep going. I built me houses. He built houses, he got into architects. You can imagine him trying all these things. Right. Trying it, trying it. I'm gonna fill my heart yeah. with this. I'm gonna fill it with that. Keep going. I built my houses, I planted my vineyards. Yes. I made me gardens. Made him a garden. He's trying everything. He's trying everything. Saints, this man goes through all of chapter two and he's trying all these things and everything he comes to the realization is vanity. It's habble. It's vapor. It's insubstantial. It's not filling my heart the way I need it to. Amen. Let's go back. Uh, keep going to verse, uh, verse four and five. I made me great. Works, yes, for building me houses. I planted me vineyards, I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them and all kinds of fruits. I planted vineyards, I gathered fruit, yes. I made myself rich. I, he's gonna go down and say, I got gold, he got power, he got wealth, he got all these things, yes. and the conclusion of it still is it's vanity. It's vanity. And I'm here to tell you that while you may not be here in your journey, there's still going to be a lot of people are here in their journey. I'm here to tell you that while you may have got past it, and you know what, this is a cyclical thing as well. Sometimes we get past it a little bit, and then we get dragged back into it. You know, one of the things that I've realized with social media that is, it gets to me, gets to me personally, is the fear of missing out, the FOMO thing they say. Like somebody posts something about a vacation they're on, and I say, wow, wow, I'm missing out. Like my life somehow isn't got the purpose I thought it has because I'm not there right then. Like I, well, I'm, in my mind now I'm saying, I need to be you know, on the Galapagos Islands right now to get the purpose back in my life. And the only thing is, as soon as you go to the Galapagos, you're gonna have the same feeling that you're missing out somewhere else. I remember my wife and I, uh, we went to France a few years ago, many years ago now, and the thing I wanted to do was see the Mona Lisa. I wanted to see the Mona Lisa. It was all that I could think about for ages. I wanted to see this beautiful photo. They say if you look at it this way, it looks one way. If you look at it the other way, that smile goes away. Well, okay, let's go look at this Mona Lisa then. I got there, and I've got to say, I was underwhelmed. I saw this picture and I was like, okay, that's great. It's great, but I'm, I'm, I don't see the facet. But I got there and it was vapor in the end. It was
was insubstantial. There was nothing there for me. I'm saying that we cannot fill our lives. The thing that we want to fill it with really is the only thing we can fill it with is our Lord. Amen? I need you to understand this thing that you're going to try to fill it with relationships. You're going to try to fill it with your job. And you say, if I get the right job, then I'm going to be happy. And you get the job and you're like, oh gosh, give me another job and I'll be happy. Amen? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, let me just me, me ping this down. Let's go to Matthew 16, uh, verse 24. Can you find that for me, yes, sir? sir? Is it Matthew 16, 24? Yes. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Yep. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Let him deny himself. Take up his cross. Take up his cross. And follow me. Same scripture. He's saying there's something about your life yes, sir. <laughs> that is not going to give you the fulfillment you are looking for. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's going to come to a place where you're going to realize the most important thing I have is to Jesus. Yes, yes sir. Thank you. Thank you. There's a hole in my heart yes, and Jesus is perfectly positioned. Look, if God has come in the flesh yes, sir. Yes, sir. and it's Jesus. Yes, and there's a God-shaped hole in my heart. Who else is going to fill it? Come on, come on, yes, sir. But yes, God sir. in the flesh. Yes. Come on, preacher, I got you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. How else can I use anything else? That's the only shape that fits. The relationship that was broken in the garden is Jesus in the flesh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The only shape. Come on, sir. He's the only possible solution to that problem. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm not going to yes, turn to anything else. The script, the, the song we sing is, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I, I dare not trust the sweetest flame, but only laid on Jesus. Why? Because he's the only one that can possibly be good for me. Ah, thank you, Lord. Uh, read that verse again for me, sir. Then said Jesus... Unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let him take up his cross yes, and follow me. Yes, sir. You're going to have to give up on that life that is meaningless right. vapor anyway. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you're going to have to realize that for yourself. And people will, will struggle against it. They will fight against it because they've put their, they're still not quite there. You know what Ecclesiastes says? He says, the rich know this to be the case already. Right, right, right. They've got the thing that they've chased for and got it and realized, oh, it's vapor. But he also says in Ecclesiastes, the poor don't realize it yet. The poor are still fighting to get rich, thinking that's going to fill. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fighting too, yes, to be yes, sure. Yes, Trying to get at it. You're not by yourself. And then the rich are saying, I've got it and I still don't have, I've got billions of dollars and I still don't know why it's not fitting correctly. Okay, come on, preacher. Yes, you would think with a billion dollars you could fit any shape, but come you on, cannot All right. come on, sir. fit yes, sir. the shape that God has left in your heart. You can't fit it. Let's go back to the, the starting scripture, Mark 8 and verse 34 through 38. Can we go back there? For what shall it profit a man? For what shall it profit a man? If he gains the whole world. If he gains the whole world. And loses so We're back to the beginning of where I started from. And hopefully you can understand why I've got here finally. What profit then is there in going after vapor? 
in going after Habel. What is the profit in sweating under the sun all the days of my life for a labor that will produce vapor? You know what it also says in Ecclesiastes? We fight to create wealth, we leave it to our kids, and then they lose it anyway. Like, like, and the only thing that remains is the earth. <laughs> you do all this work. You hand over what you have at the end of your life to your kids. They throw it away. In minutes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then you are left with vapor. They're left with vapor. You have vapor. You can't fill the hole with even that. Because even that goes away. Amen. Let's go back to, uh, let's read that again in verse 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange? What are you willing to give in exchange for your soul? That part of you that is clinging to eternity. You know when God breathed into us, he breathed into us something very different to what he did for the rest of creation. He breathed, he never mentioned it for the rest of creation that he breathed directly into them and gave them a living soul. Doesn't mention that for anything else. So there was a part of us that has touched eternity. There's a part of us that has touched eternity. And that has withdrawn because of sin. And we are saying, Lord, we're standing here in this particular time and space. It's not eternal anymore. It's just what we can feel in this moment. It's difficult to take a time and a moment and compare it to eternity, what we've lost. It's difficult to take a single moment to say that is eternity with God. But God is inviting us. We are inviting him back into relationship with him through his son, Jesus. And he's saying, let me mend the relationship. Let me fix that hole, that wound, that infection right now. Let me come back in. Let me in your heart. Let me, let, let me have relationship with you again. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse, uh, go back to eight, Mark 8, 36 one more time. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Thank you, Lord for Jesus. what shall a man give yes. in exchange for his soul? I want to read one more scripture that I'm going to get you out of your way. Philippians 3, verses 7 through 9. This is Paul speaking to the church at Philippi. Now, Paul had got to a place in his life where he was influential, wealthy, and doing good in all aspects of his life. But he was persecuting the church. He was, um, he was known for how viciously he was going. In fact, he terrorized the church, the early church, with so much passion that they left an area that he was in just to avoid him. And this is Paul's kind of conclusion about that. Now he was successful, he had influence, he had power, he probably had money. Um, but this is Paul's own idea about the start of his journey. This is his origin journey. And this is what he says about his origin journey. Philippians 3, 7. Um, do you have that, sir? Yes, sir. But what things were gained to me those I counted lost for Christ. Those things that were apparently worth something to me before and now actually, frankly, complete loss. I thought it was a positive. But now when I look at it, it actually is an absolute negative. Yes, sir. Come on, preacher. 
like the thing we might be going after might actually be working against us. Let's keep going. But what things were gained to me, those I count lost for Christ. Yeah. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. In fact, I'm going to go a bit further. Everything's loss. <laughs> this is kind of the opposite of what the preacher is talking about in Ecclesiastes. He's saying everything's loss, everything's vanity, but Paul's agreeing with him. But because of the excellency of Christ Jesus, that's why it's all loss. Like this is the right reason why that is vanity. Is because Jesus is the only thing that is of value to me now. He uses really strong language to describe this. Let's keep going. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss. Everything's vanity. Keep going. For the loss, but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Be Lord. Because of the quality of the knowledge I now have in Jesus. Yes. All of that's lost. Let's keep going. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And for Jesus, I've suffered the loss of all things. And do count them but done. <laughs> I told you he was going to use some strong language. Yes, he says it literally is done, yes, the things that I've lost. Yes, like It's not even worth my time. Yes, sir. It was vanity anyway. But now that I have the knowledge of Jesus Christ, I don't even worry about it. The thing that was supposed to be lost, the thing that I've had, that I thought I lost, yes. I'm not even going to worry about it now because I have Jesus Amen. filling the hole. I have Jesus in the gap of what the thing that I was missing in my heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's keep going. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dumb that I may win Ah, as long as I've got Jesus, as long as I've got him in my life, the thing that I that I got, the thing that I've lost, I'm going to count it a loss anyway. Ah, it's hubble anyway. You know it when you think about it anyway. It's a mist anyway. It's not substantial anyway. It's smoke anyway. When you lose it, you're really not losing because you're gaining Christ. Let's just read the verse, uh, uh, verse 9. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Thank you, Jesus. I've got one more scripture I'm going to let you go. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55. Hope I've got the right verse. Isaiah 55, I believe it's verse 1. Isaiah 55, and I'm going to get out your way. I've been looking at this one. Yes, verse 1. Oh? Yes, sir. Everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that has no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. There is something that is being offered to you that doesn't require the labor under the sun. There is something being off, and it's a different way of being. It's a different way of knowing. It's a different way of experiencing. Because we've been told everything we have needs to have a cost that is going to come out of your pocket. This isn't that. Isaiah is letting them know there is no, there's no actual cost associated, monetary cost associated with the thing that you've been given. It's a different way of thinking and knowing. And it's difficult to us because we've been taught that everything we've got to do, we've got to labor for under the sun. But somebody has already paid the price for you. Let's keep going, verse 2. Wherefore, do you, 
You spend money for that which, which is, is not, bread. not bread. Yes. And your labor. The labor, verse 2, remembering Ecclesiastes, why are you laboring under the sun for the thing that is, is going to be vapor anyway? And here he's saying, don't worry about the labor part, it's paid. Let's keep going. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfies not. And it's not going to satisfy you anyway. Right. Let's keep going. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. It's the soul that's going to be satisfied. And we have to be satisfied with that a conclusion. That while the labor under the sun may bring us nothing in return that satisfies you. I genuinely believe that this I get satisfaction from my relationship yes. with the Lord because he has healed the hole that I thought would never be revealed. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.